Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. Coming at you live from CES in Las Vegas, Nevada. Although, you can't tell, but we're green screened back into the studio. Beautiful green scene. Three angles. I mean, like, you can't even tell we're not in the studio. Really right well now. done. I'm yeah. just kidding. We're not at CES right now. Mm, um, we we have seen that CES is still happening, and we're going to talk about some CES stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about Tesla's new UI update, the upsides and downsides of having a software UI. And then, of course, we're going to do a little bit of a, a beginning of the year type thing. I guess you've got a plan. Yeah, a little plan just at the end. We're going to go over some old predictions. Okay. See so how they turned out. Yeah. We're going to start with CES. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we're not there. This is the first year since my first ever CES that I'm not going. So I'm trying to think back. I don't want to sound too old right now, but it's been almost a decade of CESs that I've gone to. Yeah. The first year it's available to go to, right? Because last year was just completely virtual for everyone. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, Yes, okay. I've attended every in-person CES since my first CES, okay. and that's been like 10 years. So this is the first one I'm not going to. A lot of COVID safety stuff, a lot of just like me having done it already and mm-hmm. not feeling a super big need to go. But there is still plenty of stuff happening. There's lots of CES stuff that always of happens. Of course, there is. It. Um, so we're going to go through some of those quick hits right off the top. Yeah, I, I wrote down a couple that kind of like caught my eye. I mean, CES, we all know, has like a ton of crazy stuff, but there's always like five or six headlines that everyone needs to go see. I mean, like, remember the LG rollable TV? Like, that was a must-must-see. I keep seeing TV ads for that. Have you seen these? I have not. There's there's literal LG ads now. I mean, if you watch enough NBA games, you'll probably see one, but it's just Hmm. like this happy-go-lucky, like, family who just has a rollable TV in the middle of the room, which is weird to me because where do you plug it in? Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a kid doing like ballet or being a ballerina in front of their $100,000 rollable TV. I, I just don't know why they pick that TV for their ads. It's weird. Yeah. If you're going to have a rollable TV, a 100,000 rollable TV, you've got a room big enough to put it in the middle of the room. That's not true. Up against the wall. That is um, true. That's kind of neat. That started at I CES guess. for sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So things I've seen this year so far, there's a Samsung remote that can wirelessly charge through radio frequencies i saw the headline right so like i did i quickly looked at it this it basically can like slowly sip energy from your router frequencies when it's not being used to i guess keep charge but it also which i think is kind of cooler has like a little solar panel on the back of it so when if you flip the remote upside down next to like a lamp it says a lamp i didn't realize Uh maybe i'm just dumb but i didn't realize solar panels can get Energy from artificial light? Any light, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah, um, from lamps or I guess like a window or something like that. But to me, that sounds like remotes don't take a lot of usage. Like you rarely change the batteries in your remote. So even just the solar panel on the back of one seems like a pretty solid idea. I think that makes the most sense out of all the gadgets in your house. Which one sits the longest in the same place? Yeah, and like there's a 50% chance it's upside down and possibly like in the sun or something like that. Yeah. So... Yeah, I not feel like that, that's not a bad idea. Um, TCL is coming out with a 98-inch QLED TV. Sounds fun. That's Sheesh. insane. It's a 98-inch. So how much, is there a price? I'm going to click on this link because I haven't seen this yet. Is there a price? I don't remember a price, but I mean, 98 inches, like, 
I think the most I really think of is like maybe 85. 88. Yeah. Is ours 88 that LG like that is an 88 signature? Okay. Right. Um, I mean, like that's ridiculous. When you're usually that's where the projector world steps in. They're like, yeah, well, you can't have a TC that's a hundred inches, so come do this like short throw projector that right. can get you to a hundred inches. But like now we kind of are there. Yeah, that is kind of the that is the quintessential CES thing. It's been just like in the history of CES, there's always a ton of TVs. Yeah. And you always get to see like the next wave of TV or display related stuff mm-hmm. happen in this show at the beginning of the year. So there was a whole year where every TV was curved. Like everyone who made <laughs> TVs had a curved TV in their booth, not an exaggeration. Innovation, baby. Yeah, and it was like, all right, how much do you want it to curve? How wide will it curve? Will it curve like diagonally or just horizontally? There was all these things. There was a year of 3D TVs, of course. Yeah, D- uh, I, I did see a one this year. I don't know if I would call it a curved TV, but it was actually an LG thing where it was basically curved upwards and it was a stationary bike yeah. so that you can like more aptively, I guess, see your surroundings in this like fake bike ride, which to me just feels like put on VR goggles. That is way easier. True. And immersive. True. There is, and I, there's, I think multiple versions of this, but there was one monitor that was curved that you could rotate into being oh, vertically yeah, curved, yeah. which again, that's a, that's a classic Samsung thing, but they made that too. Uh, yeah, no, if you, if you just want immersion, you can, you can level up immersion pretty easily with a headset, but some yeah. people don't want to do the headset. They just want a huge True. monitor and that's a still have to thing. be able to see your kids running around, I guess, or something exactly. like that. Exactly. You're um, in the room. By the way, I'm seeing TCL latest XL model starts under 8,000. So I think we can all assume that means 799. Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. You see the TV world like this, this 98 inch QLED TV or yeah, QLED TV is, is a a CES type headline, like where else would they show off this crazy thing that most mm-hmm. people will never buy? But you do see a lot of the reasonably priced innovations and like cool smaller OLED TVs, for example, at a show like this too. So still happening. Yeah. Um, next one I saw, this one I really like. It's not like a crazy, crazy CES like bleeding edge thing, but it's just something I really want. And that's uh, basically a credit card that attaches to the Find My app with Apple mm. so that you can put it in your wallet, not the thickness of like an AirTag, but actually just have a regular credit card in your wallet that's a find my It's a really good application. idea. Yeah. Yeah. So this is essentially turning your wallet into a smart wallet or at least Pretty being much able with, to find it anyway. By only taking up one card slot, which like I know we're all trying to be a little more minimal usually with our wallets. That seems to be our generation. So it still yeah. stinks holding one up, but like it's way better than shoving an AirTag in there. And we could both use it. <laughs> Yeah. I, earlier this week, we haven't said this yet, but we oh. both <laughs> we both arrived at the studio on the first weekday of the new year, and we have our uh, our little cards in our wallets to get into the building and into mm-hmm. the studio. And I step out my car. I'm like, yeah, I don't have my wallet. I forgot it. And you step out your car, and you're like, oh, no worries. I can let us in. And then you realize you didn't have your wallet yeah. either, and we both somehow forgot our wallet on the same day. That was a little embarrassing. It was the was first incredible. day back from break. I feel like yeah. my morning routine had gotten lazy. and I knew yeah. exactly where I left it. It's one of those oh, things. Yeah. But like, if you didn't know where you left it, you could have this card in there, and you could just pull it up on the phone and be like, oh, yeah, my wallet is at my home address right now, mm-hmm. and maybe even find it inside your home with this. So, yeah, no, that's that's definitely really useful. Yeah. I don't want to carry an AirPod thickness thing inside yeah. a regular wallet. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, cool. So it's coming. It's thirty five dollars. It's called the Chiplo card, Chipolo card. Um, thirty five dollars for a single, 60 bucks for a two pack. Now, one thing, because it's so thin, non-replaceable battery says it'll last about two years and then you get a 50 percent discount if you recycle it. Two years is actually better than I expected. Yeah, that's really solid, I that's think. pretty good. Um, and then also just like on top of that, I also saw another quick headline just about a backpack that's coming with Find My built into it. So I feel like we're getting into the time of everything's going to start having the Find right. My tracking tool involved into it. So this is like the, the, the age-old question of do you buy, like when Assistant started getting built into everything, do you buy a new thing with Assistant in it or do you keep using your current thing but sort of add the tracker add to it. the tracker like i'm not gonna buy a new backpack just to have find my mm-hmm. i'll probably buy one of these cards and put it in my backpack because i, I yeah. like my backpack and i don't mm-hmm. want to buy specifically that one new model 
but it is a cool concept that it can be just like threaded right into the bag. It also seems super on brand if Peak eventually added that onto it. Oh, I could see that. Um, for sure. Like that would totally work. So I think we're just going to see a lot more of these everyday things that we have um, getting these tracking options involved yeah. in them, um, which for Apple is fantastic because that means more people who are going to want to buy an iPhone Instead to be able tile. to track it. Yep. Yeah, I could have bought a tile for my backpack this whole time. Yeah. But I didn't. I'm going to get didn't. one of these cards instead. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, okay, so that's kind of like the couple fun things I read. But we all kind of know CES as like crazy headlines, really weird, super niche products. Um, so we're going to play a little game. Adam and I made a little game out of this for okay. you. Um, you are the contestant. You're not versus anyone. Um, but we're basically going to win. Um, <laughs> if you don't get made fun of in the comments, oh, you have won. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, we're basically going to play two truths and a lie, but CES version. So essentially, mostly Adam picked out like some of the weirdest gadgets that people have been reporting on so far. Mm-hmm. And we've made five rounds. Each round has three items. Two of them are real. One of them is fake. Okay. And this I'm going to read CES. through them. It's this year's CES. Okay. Right. I'll I'll give him my best shot. I'll be okay. honest. I thought CES started today. So if there's a bunch of stuff I haven't seen yet from previous days, is this could be rough. But I we'll think see. it's it's like that weird thing where CES, like the tech, the show floor started today. But like they all start those like pre the like pre meetings and stuff like that. And mostly you have to announce things so people come to your suite and everything. So okay. Um. All right. Cool. We're gonna start this off. I'm going to read. I guess through all of them, we have a small description of each of them, and then. <laughs> At the end, you can tell me which one is real and which one's fake. Wow, okay, let's do it. Round one. Perfectville smart bathing technology lets you fill your bath with a voice command. No more waiting for your bath to fill after a long day. It has presets so you can save specific temperatures for you and your partner or even your kids. Starts at $2,700. Then we have the (laughs) John Deere self-driving autonomous tractor kit six cameras and will stop the tractor if there's a dog in the way. It combines machine learning, GPS powered auto steel, and the kit can be fitted onto recent John Deere tractors and is powered by a phone app. Hmm. And we have the Bee Buddy Bee Feeder, a bee feeder with a camera that connects to your Wi-Fi so you can watch the bees as they harvest their honey and create their hives. Starts at $2.99, but comes with a live queen bee to start your own hive. <laughs> okay. Uh, Two real, one fake. So a ba- uh, a bath, a bathing technology, mm-hmm. a self-driving John Deere tractor, and Tra- tractor kit. Tractor kit. So you can retrofit. Right. And a beehive, a smart beehive. So I've I've seen the the John Deere headline already. So I know that that okay. one's real. The There's some of this stuff that you probably have maybe yeah. seen a little. So bit I've of. seen that. Now the beehive one, I could totally see. I could totally see being like, "Yeah, we'll give you a queen bee, and you can have your own smart beehive and monitor and all of the imagine all the metrics of how mm-hmm. much honey you're getting out of it, all this stuff." Um, the smart faucet thing is an interesting concept. I just can't picture why it would be twenty seven hundred dollars for a smart. You said it was a smart faucet that let you pre-select your temperature for a self-bathing. You might have to read that What's one What's funny is I'll, I'm just going to read you the description I have here, which I yeah. guess I technically, the photo I have here oh, I don't have just a- shows a, I probably shouldn't talk about the photos that much, even though okay. we have photos for everything, including the fake ones. So oh. I'll just describe a photo here, oh I guess. God. It's pretty much just, it's just a UI that shows a bathtub filled and the temperature of it. I think you could do that with, uh, with a smart faucet, which is a real thing. Okay. And um, so... Let's you fill your bath with a voice command. No more waiting for your fil- bath to fill after a long day. Has presets so you can save specific temperatures for your partner or your kids. $2,700. Wow, this is tough. I th- I could very easily see that being real, and I could very easily see the beehive being real. At CES, though, I don't know that you could demo the beehive part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's tough. Let's go with uh, John Deere is real. Okay. And Beehive is real. Incorrect. No way. John Deere is real. I like the buzzer. <laughs> um, okay, so Adam's very smart here. The beef, the Beehive was a bird feeder, but he changed it to a Beehive. Uh, so that's it is very real. Although, let's be honest, I would way rather have a smart Beehive. That sounds yeah. way cooler than a I bird feeder. I want to know. Um, but yeah, the, no, the smart bathing technology is real. I'm going wow. to assume $2,700 because does it include the bathtub also? It doesn't look like it. Actually, it doesn't even show a picture. 
I think they're overcharging a little bit. I think they're overcharging a lot, a bit wow. on that one. Um, okay, cool. Round one. Wow. No, you got you got one kind of right. Like okay. partial credit. Partial credit, yeah. Round two here. Um, the LG Stand By Me Rolling TV. 27-inch OLED TV that's attached to a stand with wheels. As you walk around the house, you can it will follow you, and you can also attach the screen and hold it on your lap. We have the Samsung Gear Bixby Health Smart Band. GPS tracker, heart rate detector, SpO2 tracking, sleep tracking, and a bunch of other health options. Problem is it has no screens, no buttons. You only interact with it using Bixby to save for battery life. Um, and it claims it has a seven day battery life because of that. Portable air purifier noise canceling earbuds. Portable air purifier noise canceling earbuds. As we know, COVID is airborne. A lot of people have become more aware of how germs are spread. So we're Still singing happy birthday while washing our hands, but these headphones purify the air around you by pushing negative ions around your face while doubling as a pair of noise-canceling earbuds. Whoa. Okay. That was a long, very descriptive. That was brutal. Uh, that was a very, like, pitchy. So that last one with the earbuds and the ions seems so dumb that it has to be real. Like, that's like a, that's a quintessential CES dumb real <sighs> type type of product so i could totally CES see personified. that yeah and especially this year at ces i could see that mm -hmm. um so remind me the second one again um it's the bixby oh yeah yeah the bixby band. i could see that so the so so samsung makes a i mean they make a million things but they make a smart band that tracks a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. and then to save battery life no screen no screen yeah only interact i guess kind of like whoop i mean whoop's been doing that for yep. years no screen decent enough battery just your software is bixby yeah <laughs> yeah uh bixby can i clarify bixby the voice assistant or bixby like yeah through bixby all the, of the like bixby, bixby the voice assistant because you don't have a screen yeah yeah okay all right uh and then the first one is the lg stand by me rolling tv oh that one that that one sounds bad so 27-inch screen rolls around following you. That's pretty yeah. big. That's IMAX size. It is. And then you can pop it off and hold it in your lap. So that mm -hmm. means it's a touchscreen. Yes. 27-inch touchscreen. Wow. I actually think the the Bixby one is fake. Correct. Okay. Good job. Yeah. That was a good... I liked that idea. The rolling TV, though. I mean, look at this Sounds picture ridiculous. of it. Oh, my God. Where's the it's, wheels? It's underneath the little platform, I'm guessing. But, like, oh. this thing would topple over so That seems easy. very... Yeah. That would roll for about 30 seconds in my house before <laughs> it would just crack the screen. Hurdles itself down some stairs. Yeah. And you are very right. The um the air purifying noise-canceling earbuds are a real thing. Um, it's, If anyone's wondering who's listening... It's like one of the, those earbuds that have like the neck piece. Uh, so that is the part that's blowing the air out and like counteracting your... Um... Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. Wait, also, I don't know if the TV is touchscreen, just to clarify. Then that's even dumber. <laughs> you pop there it off we and go. just watch <laughs> stuff. still real. Also dumb. Wow. Round three. Mm. Dear Buds. Bluetooth earbud-like device that tracks your ear humidity and helps you dehumidify your ears. Turn them on, takes three minutes to measure, and then dehumidify your ear canals. These do not play music. They're actually made to take care of your ears because you use earbuds for too long. Smart dog collar. Basically a Fitbit for your dog, tracks health, overall activity, sleep, and has GPS built in. Battery will last several weeks between recharges and the dog gets out of a predetermined area. And if a dog gets out of a predetermined area, it has escape alerts. Mm. And then an automatic pet water bowl. It's a... The water bowl has a giant tank on top that dispenses predetermined amounts of water depending on the activity of your pet. It has cameras that uses AI to recognize your pet and understand how frequently it is drinking water, giving you alerts every time it takes a sip. It also alerts you if your pet hasn't drank enough water at the end of every week. You'll get a graph sent through the app to show water consumption. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we've got uh, an ear dehumidifying earbud. Mm-hmm. That doesn't We've play got, music. That doesn't just play any music. It just dehumidifies your ear canal. Or according to the yeah, the description only talks about dehumidifying. It talks nothing about about sound quality yes. or anything. Then you've got a a pet tracking like a Fitbit for your for your dog. Yeah, a, co a collar, collar. Yeah. And then you've got a smart water bowl. Um. So I've seen the headlines about the first two. Okay. Uh, so I've seen the headlines of the ear dehumidifying earbud. I, I have no idea if there's 
I mean, there's going to be someone out there who's like, Marquez, how do you not know about all of the ear dehumidifying gadgets out there? But I'll be honest, I can't believe anyone would actually buy this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe it's just a proof of concept. They're showing off how they can dehumidify small spaces with earbuds. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's real, which is crazy. And then, uh, yeah, the pet collar. That one I actually think would be cool. Like, I have my fitness tracking. I kind of want to know if, like, my dog needs more activity or, like, how much activity they're getting in relatively, you know, high or low levels of it. Uh, so the smart water bowl feels like a like a quality, like, science fair project where, like, <laughs> if you, you could get your water dispenser to tell you how much you drank during the week, it would work. It would be fine. But I think that's the fake one. Yeah, you're right. I, I believe there are, like, there are automatic water bowls bulls obviously but like yeah. not ai driven telling yeah. alerting you when your dog drinks from it yeah. um the dog dog smart collar there's a few of them out there i think and i'd like to yeah. try I that do right. all of the things i know we've talked about one that's just like an invisible fence version of it but doing everything is uh gps yeah. and everything okay two more oh yes all right it's <laughs> great round four the moen no handle faucet In COVID times, we're all washing our hands a ton, so Moen has created a faucet that's completely driven by AI. There's no handles, so you don't have to touch it at all. It just has five sensors to detect what is going under the faucet and automatically sets the pressure and temperature of the water. We have the Prinker, a mobile app and device that when combined can create and print temporary tattoos on your body. You can create a tattoo on your phone and the device will spray a primer on your skin then start printing a temporary tattoo. And the Sony Finder remote, the, Sony, the new Sony remote has Google Assistant built in, so whenever you lose your remote, you can ask your Google Assistant, and it will make a noise to help you locate it under the couch cushions. It also has automatic backlight that will light up buttons whenever you pick it up in the room that is dark. Hmm. So that last one sounds like a pretty solid product, actually. Uh, a remote that you can always find with Google Assistant. Yeah. Adam's good at making up pretty solid products. Yeah, though, that's so. what I'm saying. This is, this, is, this is a tough one. So... The first one was a f- no-touch faucet. Now, there's a yeah. lot of no-touch faucets that already exist, but I guess this one's newly designed to be in the home and maybe has some smart sensors to it's determine AI what's driven happening. It's AI-driven, too, to determine what's going under the faucet. Yeah. So that, that to me, seems the least realistic, especially, like, I remember seeing a, I think it was Shark Tank, where, mm-hmm. like, you would put food on a plate. That's remember what this? ovens tries to do. Well, okay, so but the, the oven has a camera inside that looks oh, okay. down and uses, like, vision to mm-hmm. see what's on your plate when you put it in. But this plate was supposed to just, like, mole- molecularly determine what oh, food it is and know and tell you how many calories it was, and that did not pass a Shark Tank test. I'm sure it didn't. Uh, and I don't think there's any, any faucets out there without, like, some seriously impressive image recognition that could actually determine, like, oh, you're washing dishes and you need hot water versus cold water mm. uh, or you're washing your hands or you're washing some other washcloth or whatever. I don't yeah. know what it would be recognizing. So that's the one I, I'm the most confused about. I don't think that's the real one. Okay. But remind me what the second one was. It's a temporary tattoo printer. Oh God. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, if you want to talk about confusing. A temporary tattoo printer. The printer. Print. There's a name. The what? The printer. The printer ink. I ink, don't really ink, get the name. If ink I'm being printer, honest. prinker, I guess ink printer. Oh God, I think that's real. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. The temporary tattoo printer is real. Okay, and that the first one with the faucet is actually the fake one. Good job. That's right. Another winner. Yeah, the there is Moen did make a no handle faucet. I think it's worse than what I made up there because like. <laughs> You don't use um. You have to do it using voice commands, using gestures or a mobile app. So I just can't imagine like turning my sync on with voice commands. That's that yeah. sounds ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. I actually don't think an AI driven one would be that hard. It's like here's dishes, hot water. Here's your hands, like warm water. Here's mm-hmm. a glass, a glass that maybe you're filling up cold water. Mm. I think yeah. that seems really easy. It does, but like, where do you put the sensors? And like, are they just cameras? I guess Probably. at that point, all just vision. So what happens when they? get I mean, wet? this had this real version of this has a camera that sees oh. your hand gestures. The front. Yeah. Oh, there's right a camera on, on the front. On the front, I guess it would have to. Well, I guess because you can do your gestures on the front, where the uh, thing would have to reach the bottom. I guess. I don't interesting. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I'm glad I got that one though. That was, yeah, that, that was, was a tough one. That was good. That was tough. All right. Okay. This is the last round, and this is my favorite one. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
the see-through smart glasses, a pair of prescription glasses that you can wear outside and around town, except that if you want to, you can also mirror your computer screen at the click of a button on the right temple. When you're working at the computer, they're just regular glasses, but if you want to go sit on the couch during a Zoom presentation, you can press the bar Ugh. Press the button to mirror your battery, your computer screen. Battery life four hours. Smart health tracking light bulb. I don't even like reading that one out loud. <laughs> a light bulb with a built-in radar sensor that can read heart rate, body temperature, and other vital signs. It can even read through materials like textiles, so clothes aren't a problem. And of course, it detects movement. Uses Bluetooth to create a map of your home and radar to sense you, so no cameras, just vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Finger nibbling robot toy. Most people most people like the nibbling sensation, but know they need to teach their children or pets to stop nibbling. This robot frees humankind of the conundrum of whether to pursue, pursue or not to pursue the forbidden pleasure. It uses an algorithm to cycle through two dozen nibbling patterns so you won't get bored using it. <laughs> so it's for, wait, so it's for people who like, like their hand being nibbled by an animal or a, or a child? Yes. And so the robot just nibbles your hand? Yeah, because I guess it's a bad habit to teach your pets or oh kids. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. So there's that. There's a smart light bulb. So it's tracking. It's a health tracking light bulb. A health tracking light bulb sees through clothes, can see what your <laughs> <laughs> what your body temperature is. What is it What is it tracking, though? Heart rate, body Heart temperature, rate? vital signs. I, I have a hard time. Okay. I have a hard time with that one. Uh, did you say how it was tracking infrared? I don't know. There just seems like um, too much interference happening with a it light doesn't, bulb. It just says built-in radar sensor. Radar. Oh, no way. Radar is not high I res mean, enough for these that. These are just small descriptions also, yeah. too. So okay. realize these aren't the full. Right. And then the first one is smart glasses, which I we've seen a lot of this whole AR thing popping up. You know, mm -hmm. you get a smart glasses, you get a display up there. Maybe you want to mirror some stuff. There's stuff like that, actually, that kind of exists already. Mm-hmm. Um, four-hour battery life is very realistic so if that's the fake one that's a great tidbit um but i'm gonna say that the the, the nibbling thing is so weird <laughs> i can't believe I, I i think that's real i i think that's actually real i think the i think the light bulb is fake because i don't think you can track that much high-res information through all the interference of all the lights that come out of a light bulb i think that's the fake one Adam. Appar right. Apparently that's real. No, that's the light bulb's real? Yeah. The nip which one's fake? Um the glasses. This robot toy, man. <laughs> All right. So this is just coming from an article. It's called This Smart Light Bulb Monitors Your Health, but it's a little creepy. Singlet standout CS 2020 smart home device is a health monitoring light bulb. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure about that. Not into it. I this seems like something that's that announced but maybe isn't working completely properly yet yeah. but um it is a real thing and it is a real headline from ces 2020 hmm. um and yes the finger nibbling robot toy is just as creepy oh it's as shaped you could. like an animal <laughs> and you put it in its mouth and everything come on that's two ridiculous. dozen different nibbling patterns yeah i'm i feel like you had to know that was real because none of us are creative enough yeah to come to, up with um, that. yeah <laughs> when ridiculous. I, when i wrote that in the document when adam and i were doing it he just quickly wrote please tell me this is fake <laughs> Um, that is quality CES. And also now you're going to go to CES and 100,000 people from all over the world are going to stick their finger in one yep. thing. The uh, nibbling robot is what will spread yeah. Omicron. What a great time. Yeah. All right. Um, well, it's time for a break, I think. Well, well one more quick thing. Just oh, okay. like an idea of how this was how this was kind of tough to set up because CES yeah. is so ridiculous. Adam made up a product and then searched it and it was a real product. And, really? Yeah. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so I was looking for things that seemed kind of realistic, but then tweaking certain things so they weren't actually the real thing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, what if there's a pillow that tracks your sleeping things and gives you like information about your sleep stuff? And yeah. I was like, that seems realistic enough where we might be able to trick them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let me just quickly Google this. And it was literally announced this CES. There's like a motion <laughs> pillow three that tracks your head movements and stuff. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, see, that's kind of what happens at CES. You get every little idea that maybe wasn't good enough for its own event or its own announcement, and it shows up at the trade show, and you just kind of check it out. You just sort of push it out there and let people see, like, do you like nibbling robots? Like, is that what you're into? <laughs> um, okay, I've had enough CES. I think we've all had enough. Yeah. That was hard to Yeah. Uh, let's, let's take a quick break and come back. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic's dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right, Marquez. Next story is something I've been seeing all over Twitter, all over Reddit. It just like feels like everybody's talking about, but I'm not a Tesla owner, so I need your help a little. Mm. Um, it seems like this new Tesla UI update is a lot of, first I was seeing some good for it, and now I've been seeing a lot of backlash about how hard it's kind of making things. Yeah. Um, did you get the upgrade for it or the update? So I do not have this update, Okay. but uh, I am in the advanced queue to get these updates. Okay. So I can explain. Um, first of all, there's there's Model 3s and Model Ys that have one touchscreen in the middle. Yeah. And then there's Model S and Model X, which have one screen in the middle and a second screen behind the dashboard. Okay, that was my first question, actually, because the yes. older... But it's only Model S Plaid that has that one now, right? Or is Raven updated to that? All of them, all of the cars have been updated. Okay. However, this was already a problem in Model S Plaid and all the new Model S's and X's. Okay. And so Model 3's and older cars and Raven, which had the vertical screen, yeah. are all now getting, I think, slightly, I think it's pretty clear, slightly worse because of this update. Okay. So first of all, here's, here's what happened. You have a, in a normal car, you just have a heat seat button. Yep. You just have one button. Yeah. You just press that, your heat starts to warm up, your seat warms up, you press it again, it turns off. Mm -hmm. In... Model S previously, and in a lot of these cars, Model 3 previously, at the bottom of the screen, there was a seat button. So you sort of remembered where it was on the screen, and it's still one tap away. You tap it, yeah. your heat, your seat heater starts going, you tap again, it's gone. So they've done this new update, which is cleaned up the bottom and put it all in this nice, neat little dock, and there's a bunch of different shortcuts in the dock, and they have all the HVAC controls hidden behind the temperature. Mm -hmm. And this has always been the case on Model S Plaid. So every time I wanted to heat my seat, I'd have to go hit the temperature, which oh. opens all the HVAC controls, then hit the seat, and then turn the heating on. So it was a couple clicks away. Okay. So I found that pretty annoying in that car, but I gotten used to it. But Model 3 owners have always still had that button right there. Yeah. That button just went away, and they got replaced with this update, which now makes them all like Model S Plaid, which means you go hit the temperature, hit your heat seater, and then turn it on, it's several taps away. So it's this weird update that just made it more difficult to do a lot of things mm -hmm. that I think most car owners expect to be extremely easy. Um, it's too it's too many clicks to be muscle memory. I think that's it. That's the real problem. Um, and I, I've had a bunch of small software complaints about the latest Model S for a while. Mm -hmm. One of them being, if I want to change fan speed, I have to go hit the temperature and then at the top there's like a slider okay. and I have to like slide this like very small touchscreen slider manually in the middle of the screen. Mm -hmm. No way to do that without taking my eyes off the road. You could just map it to a button on the steering wheel. Yeah. It's not possible to do that. So things like that, um, you know, there used to not actually be any way to access viewing sentry mode footage. They added that with a software update. So at least they're thinking about making things better. Yeah. yeah. But this particular update for HVAC controls universally Decide, bad. Usually, much. yeah, you, you want things to be quickly accessible. Exactly. I mean, if you're adding a touchscreen, we kind of 
talked about this a little bit with the yoke steering wheel where just like lack of buttons makes it harder to find things. And now you've gotten more used to it, but imagine now your yoke steering wheel where you've gotten used to the buttons and now they switch places yeah, on you. And exactly. like, you can't really find exactly where those buttons are off. And yes, we can all look at the screen, but I hope everyone understands here that you probably shouldn't be looking at the screen when yep. you're driving a car. Um, and temperature is something we change while we drive the car. Heated seats are something we change while we drive the car. Quickly. Like. Um, yeah, it seems, yeah, universally, like, I think Andy Sly said it takes six button presses to turn on his heated seat and get back to his regular, like, menu. Yeah, that I think you kind can, of ridiculous. yeah, it's definitely too many. So that's, like, that really highlights for me the upside and downside of, like, this new wave of cards that's coming out that are all very high-tech and have a big, huge Oh, this is going to be a problem with everyone, yeah. Yeah, which is that, number one, Upside, yes, they can be updated. The performance gets better, the buttons get nicer looking, they get faster, everything improves over time, ideally with software updates. But number two, the bad thing is, sometimes they're gonna make mistakes and make things worse. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those examples where I, I think they could roll it back and everyone would be really happy. But yeah, this is, uh, this is not great. On all the previous cars, by the way, they had all the buttons like locked, I could turn the heat seat around without yeah. looking. Even though it wasn't a physical button, mm -hmm. it was in the same place on the touchscreen every time. And so I'd get in my car, and without even looking, I know right like two thirds over from the left side of the screen, I just press right there, my heat seater just turned on. Yeah. So it had a dock weird... on the bottom of it, pretty much that had all the things. Like I'm looking yeah. at it, I posted it in our dock. It has the old UI and kind of the new UI. Yeah. And um, like it's very clear. There's the seat button next to each of the climate trolls for driver and passenger. You've got like music, GPS, de defroster. Is that now like? I'm assuming that's a couple clicks away now. It, yeah, it has been on this on this car. Is for it a really? While. Yeah, that seems like a yeah. pain in the neck. All and of the HVAC controls are behind that one yeah. temperature button, so it's at least one click away before you start to change stuff. That seems like kind yeah. of a pain in the neck. Um, and then like the other thing I wrote is wipers. I know it has automatic wipers, but I'm I've never been in a car where the automatic wipers are perfect and always match exactly what I want to do. So yeah, like same. I feel like wipers on a stock would be awesome um obviously yeah. i don't mind the wipers as they are which is uh basically you turn oh, them on okay and then you get a slider through the wheel on the steering wheel okay and you can slide them up or down based on speed now so what if let's just imagine you have that wheel on the side of your what does it default to on the side of your yoke uh when you turn it on you can just do a single wipe if you turn it on and scroll the wheel then you can go up to auto up to single Double, triple, or quadruple. So the wheel is always wiper, or do you, you activate something, then use the wheel? You hit the windshield wiper button mm -hmm. to get one wipe. Okay. And when you do that, the menu pops up. So if you want to keep them on, you scroll the wheel up to auto. Okay. Or up again to slow, and then up again to medium, and up again to fast. So what if you could do, like, press the temperature button, and now that wheel is activated for the next couple That's what minutes it should of do. go up and down. That's and exactly what it speed. should do. It obviously still doesn't hit the seat thing. I think the seat should just be, able, I I don't get why everyone just doesn't, I like the seat just next to the side of the seat by your like oh, yeah. uh, seatbelt buckle. It's just like, well, press it on or like on the side of your door. That's yeah. always easy. I think this is a Tesla thing where oh, they want all possible input in the car to be computer controlled if you want, yeah. which means that there are literally no physical buttons in the car other than the windows, which you can still do with the computer and the hazard button. Okay. Hazard so, button should always be a button. Hazard button <laughs> is a capacitive button, yes. but it's a button. Okay. Um, other than that, yeah, you know, typically you'd have like uh, your HVAC controls, your media playback, all that other sort of stuff would be physical in the car. All None of it in any Tesla is physical. It's always all been on the screen. Yeah. So that's the advantage and the disadvantage at the same time. I kind of miss, or I shouldn't say I miss, I don't have a Tesla or a lot of these new EVs are doing it, but like I 100% agree that so many cars like completely overdid it with all the buttons, especially when you look at some of these like crazy high class, like super luxury ones where there's like 50 buttons in the center dash and everything crazy. or they like the that. center console. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then going the complete opposite and having almost no buttons. I don't know if I would like that very much. I feel like there are a couple things I would, I think I'll always like a dial for, um, volume. No, not even for volume. We, uh, my wheel volume is where I do everything. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, like on my steering wheel. Um, I think climate control dial is always something I'll enjoy. A physical heated seat is something I'll always enjoy. Mm -hmm. Is it, you still have physical locks and everything, correct? Uh, like locking the doors. 
No, it's on the touchscreen. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I've been in them plenty. I just like, I guess when you're not the one doing the physical things over and over again, like all these things behind the touchscreen seem like a lot, like way too many things behind the touchscreen. Yeah. And to be fair, I think they've done a pretty good job of anticipating when certain things will be pressed and surfacing them as buttons. So your muscle memory can still be one press. So for example, if I bring the car to a stop and put my foot on the brake, there is no park gear selector okay, yeah. but the park button appears in the same exact corner every time so i just put my foot on the brake i come to zero and i just hit that button mm-hmm. it just appears there because that's where it's supposed to be um a lot of stuff like that so like opening and closing the doors when i pull up and like park the car then all the lock controls slide out so okay. i can always lock and unlock from there otherwise i just get out so a lot of the stuff that you anticipate you start to learn that as muscle memory the same way every time and you get used to the way the car works mm-hmm. But then when you step back and think about it, you're like, yeah, that is kind of weird that like I shift into drive by sliding a touchscreen. That's kind of unusual yeah, <laughs> to get used to that. For sure. Um, if you had to like, I do think, so when it was funny because when I first saw this come out, I saw someone like Quinn mentioned that he really did enjoy the design of the new UI. But now, mm-hmm. now like once people are driving it a little longer and seeing all the, if there was like a, a middle ground here or like the updated version of, what was it, version, is it version 10? That was the older one, version 11 is the newer 11 one. Is new, yeah. So if there was a either upgraded version 10, what would you like to make that cleaner? Or how would you make the version 11 the same cleanness, but more functional? I really just think they should allow a little bit more control from the wheel. So actually in the last Model S, there was a menu button on the steering wheel. Okay. And that let you actually surprisingly easily go in and change a lot of different things on the wheel. So I'd hit the menu button and then it would go, oh, what would you like to control with the wheel? And I could go fan speed, volume, you know, whatever, temperature. And then I could select it with the wheel and then roll the wheel to adjust it. Yeah. So if I wanted to adjust fan speed, for example, I would hit menu, I'd scroll to fan speed, and then I'd scroll the wheel to change fan speed. So instead of fidgeting over here on the screen, yeah, I'm sort of still looking at the road, but I can do stuff on the steering wheel and feel like I'm still in complete control. And I think that's the way they should have kept it. The current wheel doesn't have a menu button. It just has wheels that go up and down and left and right, and then blinkers and and yeah. wiper and horn and stuff like that. So I just would like that menu button back and just let me be able to do more on the steering more wheel. That. And now when you say all those things show up, is that on the directly in front of you, the right. screen in front of you? So like mm-hmm. if that were a Model 3, would that just come up maybe in like the top left-hand corner of the? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I, that'd be easy. I I love steering wheel steering wheel controls. I yet yeah, mine has way too many of them. I don't use half of them, so I do think a dial or two that you can then, based on what you're pressing on the touchscreen, be able to then control with a dial because almost everything we're doing is up down. There's not a lot of like yep. need to go all over the place. So. That would be awesome. I think Tesla, I think this new model of refresh Model S is the first and only car I've ever driven that has not enough steering wheel controls. I think every other car I've ever driven has either just the right amount or too many. They always put a ton of buttons on the wheel, around the wheel, in the middle of the wheel that I'll never use, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the first car, even after Raven Model S had a nice steering wheel that I really got used to with the menu button, this one, just not enough control. So what about this? Ditch the yoke blinker buttons, add Mm -hmm. back the stock, give you your menu button back. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So um you can hire no, you can't hire me. I like this job better, <laughs> Tesla, but you know, there you go. Free. I think this all comes down to Elon's infamous all input is error philosophy, which is that eventually he he doesn't want you to even have to press the buttons. Mm-hmm. You'll get in the car and it'll go, Oh, he's cold, and it'll just turn it up. Uh-huh. Just it'll just know. Every single one of those decisions, theoretically, he believes it should be able to make it'll, for you. It will measure the temperature of your butt. And know when it needs to be warmed up yeah. without you knowing. And I'll tell you what, if that were to actually work well in a dream world, I'd be very happy. But tech's not that good yet, so we're just sort of living through the beta phase of the car not quite knowing exactly what you want and getting it wrong often. Yeah, that's a good point. But I always want my butt warmer going at like 150 degrees, so it's like <laughs> scalding. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they'll ever pre-program that in. It'll learn you. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some of our awards and predictions since it's the beginning of the year.
Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at orus.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so we got to talk about some of the predictions that we made a year ago mm-hmm. about the year we just had. Yeah. Now, not everything in tech is easy to predict. You know, you, you start no. off the beginning of the year, you think you have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen, what you're looking forward to. Some of it might go that way. Some of it might go a totally different way. We actually made uh, a bunch of smartphone awards predictions at the beginning of 2021. Yeah. So now we can compare how it actually went with how we thought it would go. Yeah. So I listened to that episode this morning. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic after knowing the year that prevailed after We'll it. put the episode number in the show notes. Yeah, so you yeah can for sure. Relive it. Um, and I'm sure Adam might throw a couple like sn- clippets from that. But um, yeah, I have the list in front of us of what we picked. Okay. And then we can compare it to what actually got picked. Let's, actually. See, how, let's see what we were feeling back then. Okay. So we'll just start from the top, I guess. Um, so this was for, this was one year ago. We were predicting what happens, smartphones which was the video we released last month. Best big phone I've... So this right off the bat is kind of funny to me. Marquez guessed the ROG Phone 4, which really confused me. And then I realized Doesn't exist. they skipped the 4 yeah. and went to the 5. Yeah. Um, and I picked the Razer 3, which was a pretty bold prediction. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously wrong on that one. Okay. Um, that one is not crazy. I mean, the ROG no. Phone is typically... Just full of features. It, it did win runner up actually. Yeah, it was in the for runner, best yeah. big phone. So I think that was just us going. Samsung really mucked up the S twenty Ultra. They're probably not going to be that amazing. Yeah, that, it was one thing I noticed when we were, I was listening to it is we kept talking about like phones getting way better, and we never talked about how bad the S twenty was. Yeah, and never it was like so really forgettable because yeah. it was a year before we recorded that. Pretty yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and like we just didn't talk about the S21 Ultra for a spoiler alert, any of these, Yep. Um, which means we were very wrong if you're aware of the uh, smartphone awards this year. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go to best small uh, phone. We called it small phone. I think we changed it to compact this year or compact still phone small. Of the year. Yeah. Um, you said iPhone mini. I did. Winner. I predicted it would be the iPhone mini. You predicted it would be Z the Z Flip. Flip. Yeah. 
So I, I, that was runner up though. So that we was were, runner up and they were very close. And I think that's about as close as we probably could have possibly gotten for that. Yeah. That's probably the easiest one to guess though, because yeah. there are not a lot of small phones. Yeah. Um, Shout out to the, the little Zen phone for pulling yeah, up the I rear. Yeah, I really, really dug that phone this yeah. year. Zen phone eight, right? Yep. Um, best camera. We both picked iPhone. We were both right on Shocker. that one. That's probably the big. most stable, predictable. Like if we're predicting next year, like if I were to guess right now, what yeah. do you think is going to win best camera? I would just start with iPhone and then think, hmm, do I think anyone's going to beat them this year? So I think that's the safe, safe yeah, pick. It's the super safe pick. Okay. Um, best odds for sure. Yeah. Um, best budget phone. So you kind of made up a phone. You just said the S21 was going to have a cheaper phone released in the lineup. Mm. Um, or no, no, you said actually said released later in the year. So I'm assuming you kind of meant like an FE version. Probably a fan edition I was hoping for, which, which didn't actually come out during that calendar year, sadly. No, and just came out now and isn't that great. Yeah. So um, I guess the Pixel 5a, both okay. wrong on that. Pixel 5a did turn out to be a really good budget phone. Yes. But the Pixel 5 was the winner for best Pixel value. 6, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, best Pixel value. 6 was mm -hmm. best value Well, winner. yeah, I guess the category changed a little bit, so yeah. you probably weren't thinking of that. I still think, you know, a lot of a lot of people did mention Pixel 5a getting consideration yes. for the value award anyway. So there was always a lot of competition. As far as, like, odds makers, that's probably the one where you have the most fun betting on dark horses. Yeah. But, yeah, that's so it, it, solid. In our defense, we also weren't expecting Pixel 6 to come out at 699 and be, like, uh, 5.90. 5.90. Yeah. I'm still always surprised by how <laughs> good of a price that is. It's good. Yeah. yeah. None of us expected that. Okay. Um, let's see. Best battery. So you picked a safe pick and a dark horse pick. <laughs> you said ROG phone for best battery. Or your, your safe pick and the OnePlus 9 for your dark horse pick. Oh, wow. I think you're pretty wrong on the OnePlus 9 one. Mm -hmm. um, ROG probably was a runner up, if I remember correctly. Yep. iPhone 1. Uh, iPhone 13 Pro Max one best mm -hmm. battery and the 5,000 milliamp hour fast charging ROG Phone 5 was a very close runner up. Yeah, I guessed Mi 11. I don't even know why I really you predicted Mi 11. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they do have huge specs. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're high end ultra version of the Mi 11, maybe. And they're just big phones also. So like it's yeah. usually big phone, big battery. Um, okay. This is my favorite of your guesses. Oh my um, god! And uh, I have a little <laughs> fun fact or a little tidbit here. Um, best design, you picked the Duo 2. I predicted that the Surface Duo 2 would win best design. Yes. Mm. It was a it was a pretty solid reasoning though. It was like, you liked the design of the Duo 1 and mm -hmm. you knew exactly what had to change for it. Or we thought we knew exactly what we had to change for it because it did all those changes and still was very bad. So yeah. um, I guessed the, um, where are we? Oh, I thought there was going to be a uh, smaller Note 21 with flagship specs. So right. remember how the Note 20, they had the Ultra and the regular one, but the regular one got Didn't, hit with all the specs? Right. I thought they were going to make that size, but and yeah. I was very wrong on that. That would have been neat. We never actually got a Note during nope, 2021. That would have probably been a very good contender for um, overall design. design. Yeah. Surface Duo 2, I'm glad I have I had that optimism back then. I mean, I was <laughs> yeah. I was looking forward to it. For pretty much the entire year until it came out, so that is a that's a bummer. It did not win best design. It did not. Um, before I voted for the Note Twenty One, I almost guessed LG Wing Two, so I would have been very <laughs> wrong with you in that one as well. Possibly more wrong with you in that with one. a company that doesn't exist anymore. Exactly, it literally yeah. completely went away. Um, most improved, you had a One Plus Nine T. Through listening to this, we kind of willed the One Plus T into existence, and it didn't work. Yep. at all. Um, I said Z Flip, which I'm pretty proud of that one because it did not win, but it certainly was super improved. It got all of the things that we talked about last year. Yeah. Um, that was mentioned in the it. video. Yeah. Yes. That's a good prediction. Way to yeah. land that one. I'm pretty pumped with that one. Here's what's also funny is for Biggest Bust, you also guessed Duo 2, I, wow. which you nail on the head on that one, despite huh. also thinking it was going to win the best design. So <laughs> yeah. not a lot of faith, I guess. Um, I picked a OnePlus 9T as bust yeah the, the oneplus 9 was like sort of underwhelming and middling during the year and yeah. then we never got a oneplus 9t so mm -hmm. you could probably like shift your money onto the oneplus 9 if you're like considering your bet but it didn't also win so i guess yeah it, it still wasn't quite there um probably because the oneplus 9 just was it was fine it wasn't anything great i don't see why they yeah. would make a 9t i guess unless it was better um mvp you picked a 
Pixel 6, and you called it the flagship. So I think I would call that the Pixel 6 Pro. 6 Pro, yeah. 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 Um, huh. I'd probably say the Pixel 6 is closer to winning MVP. It we was. know the S21 Ultra did win. Yep. Um, and I guess the OnePlus 9T Pro. So I was very, very off there. We we had OnePlus on the mind. OnePlus did not win any awards in the actual show. The Pixel 6 did win second runner-up for MVP mm-hmm. behind the iPhone and the S21 Ultra. Uh, yeah, this shows like basically in January of 2021 what we're thinking about what just happened in the last year of phones and what yeah. we were hoping for. Uh, it's kind of funny that I put Surface Duo 2 for best design and bust of the year, yeah. which is kind of interesting thinking because if you just want to boil the Surface Duo 2 down to just the hardware design, it's pretty good. Like it's it's a nice hinge. It's very it's very uh, square. They shrunk so the bezels. <laughs> they made the hinge so you could see a little bit from the outside. I yep. didn't like the camera bump. I think they should have went with the um, that like indented of the opposite side so it can still fold flat because that was like the coolest part about the duo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still was like too wide. It still had big bezels despite yep. being smaller. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just wasn't quite there. I think it was a good ch- pick. For design, it yeah. could have been updated. But the fact that I also picked it to be the bust shows okay, that I didn't yeah. have much faith no, in the software experience. So it did sort of, I did sort of draw the line in, at like hardware versus software yeah. early, which is interesting. Um, uh, yeah. You also said, so I posed the question for design award, if the iPhone 13 had no notch and 120 hertz, would it win? You said, here's the thing though, iPhone probably won't have a port and can I give a phone without a port, a design you, award. You really think that's going to be this year? I do. I really do. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, this so is a... You this really is, were on the... This is one of those things that we think Apple was considering for the iPhone 13 line and then thought, no, it's not time yet. And okay. it still could happen in the next one, two, three years. We don't know. But Apple, looking at how MagSafe ecosystem is evolving, looking at how the whole wireless stuff that they've been building around the iPhone has gotten to sort of pair with it really well. Um, and we all know that they're considering getting rid of the, the port at some point. Yeah. Thought it would happen last year and it didn't. Not quite. I'm happy. Do you think it'll happen 2022? I'm actually not sure anymore. Okay. I am. I wouldn't bet on it. I think like iPhone 15 might be a more reliable bet for getting rid of the port. Okay. I don't think they're anywhere closer now than they were before. Yeah, I don't think it happens this year yeah. either. Um, And then the, the cream of the crop of being wrong here, I... <laughs> Specifically said that um, when we were talking about, I think we were talking about OnePlus possibly winning MVP, and I said it has to be a, a f- incredible phone to come out in the first half of the year and win MVP. And obviously that was as wrong as you can be since the S21 destroyed the entire smartphone awards and mm-hmm. came out end of January. I mean, you're right that the 888 Plus came out and that it was technically one generation behind, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Like that phone came out in January, as you said, and held its own the entire year. Yeah. We kind of, we super sleeper picked the S21 Ultra, or yeah. just the S21 line in general, because the S20 Ultra was so forgettable. Yeah. Do we want to make a bunch of predictions now for next year? I think so. Let's go a little quicker than last year. Okay. Because I listened just... to like an hour of us. Sure. Let's crank these out. out. Okay. Best big phone. What do you think? I'm going to go... Um, it's hard to go fast, though. Yeah, I'm going to go S22 Ultra or Note or whatever the big one is. Based on the leaks, I already hate the design of it. So, okay. um, Oh, I like the Note pick. I'm just going to... I'm going to say Asus 6 or ROG 6. Okay. I think the cameras have gotten so much better. I think next Fair. year it's just going to be even better. All right. Best small or compact phone? Ooh. Okay, I'm do you just, think there's going to be a mini next year? IPhone I mini? don't think there's going to be a mini. Yeah, so this is either. where I, I'm going to go Z Flip. I think Z Flip. I think there's going to be a new Z Flip, and it's going to be even better, and it's going to be easily the smallest phone to qualify. Yeah, we All can right. probably just skip camera because I think we're both... Best camera, I'm going to go iPhone, yeah, just to be safe. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty confident in that. I hope I'm wrong. Honestly, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope like, I get surprised. I would love for Pixel to take the rain again. I hope I get surprised. Yeah. Best budget or best value award for This is the hardest. For this sure. It's tough now. Okay. The floodgates have opened for any phone of any price. Let's let me go uh Zenfone. I like that choice a lot. Yeah. I'm gonna go Zenfone nine. Yep. You're going with me on that? I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna go with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, like, I that. like that. Okay, best battery. Best battery, I'm gonna go 
Yeah, let's go. I, I'm going to go iPhone 13, 14 Pro Max again, and I think that's probably going to roughly match 13 Pro Max. Do you want the Duo, or no, no, the Legion Duo 2? It's going to have three <laughs> charging cables. <laughs> that's my guess. Yeah, it is about, it is about battery experience. Go. Battery experience. But three, four charging cables. Just skip, double it. One it's funny because that was like, it charged faster, but that's not a better experience having to carry two <laughs> cables. <laughs> um, design. Okay, so here's also another thing. Last year, you mentioned the design. We were talking about foldables and how this year might have to have a foldable category, which mm -hmm. I don't think we needed to. But towards the end of the year, start of this year, we've seen probably four or five new companies coming out with foldables. So I do think 2022 might be the year where a folding category might be worth it. And so we just have a best foldable category, essentially, Something like that? Kind of. It'll be weird if the design best design is also a foldable. Right. But I think there's credit where credit's due. They're best foldable. Maybe it's a maybe it's an honorable mention in the design category. Yeah. Um, but if we're gonna have five or six folding phones, I feel like we need to pit right. them against each other. Well, in the meantime, I guess then for design, I'll go a little safer. I don't think Samsung's gonna win with that design. I don't think OnePlus is gonna win with that design. I don't think Surface is gonna win with that design. I don't think the Flip is gonna win with the design. I don't think I can give it to a phone with a notch. So the iPhone with the hole punch, hmm, I don't know. I have, I'm either gonna go Pixel 7 because I think Google's uh, going something a little different this year. And while I didn't love it, it feels like they're thinking outside the box or it's gonna be like, the Find X4 or the like Reno something. Oh, Oppo's just yeah. been killing it with hardware and I love their hardware so much. That's a really good pick. So find. Me, find X4 might be my my choice for design. Then I'll go Pixel 7. Okay, cool. Yeah. So most improved. Most, most improved? improved now. Let's think, because we really screwed this one up last year. Yes, what, we did. What was not great this year I that think we think has a chance? Okay. I'm I'm gonna go with OnePlus. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, the thing about OnePlus Nine Pro is like it was like a it was a solid phone, solid specs. You used it for a really long time. Use it for a while. Decent enough camera, like really fast charging. Their software experience, like with this whole Oppo merger thing they're doing, I don't really have the utmost faith in that. And that was actually a big part of why OnePlus phones were so good. And they're like losing that now, which is weird. So. I'm gonna take that back. I was, <laughs> I saw the spec oh. sheet for the OnePlus 10 Pro, and I really like it. And 80 watt charging seems great, but then the software, I don't know. Most improved. Didn't the spec sheet say Oxygen OS 12, even though they said they're moving to Color OS? I don't remember. I don't I think, think I saw. I, I think it just said the Android that. version. Okay. Who's gonna improve the most? I have my guess. Pixel 7 Pro. Pixel 7 Pro. Pixel 7 Pro is yeah. my guess. Yeah. yeah because I think there's almost no reason to get the pro over the regular right now. Mm -hmm. And I think next year they're gonna realize that and actually make a big jump between them, which will be awesome because then you'll have the cheaper version and the like pro pro flagship. Yeah. If it goes up in price, that will kind of. I think if they, if they keep the same price, but really improve like all the things that were kind of mm -hmm. weak about the Pixel 6 Pro, I could win. I think improved. that could win for sure. Okay. Uh, bust of the year predictions this early. It's just a shot in the dark. And let's say don't pick Duo 3. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's going to um, win? Something you have to look at. Okay. What's the, what are the gaming phones going to do? Or like what did really well this year that you think is not going to follow up on the hype? Mm. Can I just, I feel like Poco in general has just, uh, I don't know if that's. Let me just go super pessimistic, super early. S21 okay. FE. Bust of the oh, year. Oh, that's a great guess. But because we know it kind of It's the only thing that I've seen already. come out this year, and it's sort of just gonna be forgotten in a month. So that's okay. that's the best I got right now, I think. That's a good one. I don't want to agree with you. Uh, I kind of I agree with you, but I want to pick something different. I will go oh man. One plus? I don't know. That seems crazy. What is I almost wanted to say Poco as a whole almost should have just kind of one bust of last year because I really think they've just lost their core audience. There's of 70 it. of them now. I miss, dude, I looked through our phone drawer and there were seven one or seven Poco phones in there mm -hmm. from this year. I think at least, I mean, maybe one or two were from last year, but it's just like, man, what happened to just super hype singular phone into just like 
five or seven phones that like I feel like not a lot of people really ask about anymore. What's the Bo Burnham line? We'll stop beating this dead horse when it stops spitting out money. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's probably what's happening. That's they well, they started beating it. <laughs> they killed it and beat it really fast. Um, I don't know. Biggest bust. Three. Is there going to be a Razer th- Razer Phone Three? No, 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 no. But no, Motorola Razer Three. Oh, that yeah, you feels could like go with kind that. of a you could go with that. Day. Okay, all right. MVP MVP pick for 2021 in January. Just looking into my crystal ball right now. We see what Samsung's doing. The design not so popular, but still going to have a lot I of. I really hardware. don't like that, by the way. Yeah. What the the leak of like each individual individual the, camera? The P How do you thing? go from so beautiful <laughs> to that? The regular S21 or S22 is going to have a more traditional like cutout camera design. Oh, yeah, design. I did see, Okay. So that's solid. I could win. Uh, uh, that's a good point. People were making the argument for the re- regular S21s to win design or or even just phone of the year. Mm-hmm. I like that. They always get kind of lost. Hmm. I'm going to stick with my optimism and go Pixel 7 Pro. I almost want to hope a note comes back and does really, really well. Ooh. But I really think it's the end of the note. And we'll see. I think the note's gone. I think the S Pen and the S20s and the S versions are just going to be what happens. And we're do still you consider the, note. Do you consider the note gone if they call it the S22 note? And it comes with the stylus inside? I don't even want to think about okay. that. Uh, the note edition? Yeah. I don't love that. No, it is in the name. That, what is the the Samsung Galaxy S twenty Ultra or S twenty two Ultra Note Edition? It's just got the stylus built in. Remove a hundred million hours of your battery. Boom, S Pen right there. That's it. That's the only change. Uh, it would, it would honestly be a good phone. I just would hate the name <laughs> so much. Um, I'm just gonna go S twenty two Plus or whatever. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. It wasn't that much shorter, but there we have it. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's your predictions. It's been a long episode, but listen, there's a lot of stuff upcoming this year. Obviously, CES presents a challenge for uh, covering all the wacky, quirky things that come mm-hmm. out of it. So maybe follow us on Twitter if you want to see our takes on more of that random stuff. Other than that, definitely stay tuned to the channel. More podcasts coming, more guests coming. I plan on that being a big thing oh, this yeah. year and uh, more videos, of course, in the pipeline. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys later. Peace. Waveform is produced by Adam Molina. We are partnered with Vox Media, and our intro outro music was created by Vane Silk. Oh.